Welcome to the Spiritual Geek Out Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Hudock, where we have fun talking about the phenomenal and the fascinating. From angels to energy healing, from mystical places to mystical teachings, this is a place where we nerd out on the science of the soul. Welcome to another episode of the Spiritual Geek Out Podcast. I'm thrilled to have this guest on today who's going to talk about a subject that I find absolutely fascinating, and I hope you do too. Brent Bruning is a master hand analyst and author of the book, The Power in Your Hands. In this episode, we cover a lot of ground on the subject of hand analysis, demystifying the work, the science, and the spiritual nature of this ancient derived method. He breaks down just how the fingerprints show the life purpose and the life lesson of a person, how the hand is directly linked to the brain, specifically the sensory cortex, how the soul or blueprint of your early consciousness comes in through the thumb, the archetypal patterns that are found present in the hand, and just so much more rich information that I hope will really serve you on your path of awakening, upliftment, and healing. So as always, take what you need, throw the rest away, and pass it on to someone else who could use it. Enjoy. Do you want to break down what the difference is between say what you do, which is hand analysis in quite in great depth and detail compared to say palmistry. Yeah. Well, 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 palmistry is uh, what's been the the living wisdom for the last 2000 years. Mm. And it has been uh, propagated uh, as far back as the Hindus for about even I think it's the earliest palmistry was 5,000, you know, uh, 5,000 years ago. So, uh, so it has evolved a lot and it has a, uh, a very, very loose connection to astrology. There's a lot of forecasting involved in it and the timings, uh, in order to, uh, see it when a, you know, a nice tall gentleman will be coming into your future. Uh, and it it actually has a uh, roots even to the Greeks. So Aristotle was uh, publishing in his uh, Virtue and Vices the um, the he was exploring the hand and he had mapped it out in a language that's quite useful today. So uh, it, he was calling the you know the directing finger the Jupiter finger and he, he viewed those those four fingers uh on the top as the gods you know jupiter saturn and apollo the ring finger so um what i'm doing today is based on kind of a reset that happened around the 1960s uh richard unger was the founder of the institute of hand analysis that i was apprentice of for many years and he was applying all of the work uh, around fingerprints that, uh, by uh, Cummings. Uh, this was something that was over uh, over a hundred years ago, 
And there was a relationship to behavior traits, to fingerprint patterns. And he was in the Library of Congress and he was researching fingerprint patterns related to various symptoms and, and diseases. And there's just volumes of literature. And then he had this big aha moment that, that what he was locating as different channels of the nervous system uh, was in fact uh, also interpreted in, by that fingerprint. There was actually a meaning to the fingerprints and there are different meanings in different areas. And so what hand analysis attempts to do is provide an empirical look uh, of behavior traits to people's hands. And the way we see it is that different people have different hands. I guess everyone knows that, but probably you're not aware of the fact that similar people with similar hands have similar life patterns. Right. And that's, that's explainable if you just think in terms of a farmer, right? And you just look at his hands and they're just really thick and stocky. And there's maybe three main lines that are chiseled into this really thick leathery hand, right? And when we look at those people, they have a very similar way of behaving. They think in very black and white terms and, and they typically don't go for a hand analysis. They think, you know, they, they pretty much see life as straightforward and they work kinesthetically and they learn by doing, right? But then you take somebody with a complete opposite hand, like for example, Kendall Jenner's hands, a very models, uh, uh, someone who's a model with very slender fingers. She's very emotive. Mm -hmm. So emotion is part of her, her, uh, her personality. And she's a very sensitive personality. So that shows up in the hands. So as you go down this rabbit hole, you can start to locate different personality types quite um, in a much more um, uh, accurate way than you can in a personality test. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think most people, I would imagine, don't realize they're they're coming into this world with a map already sort of epigenetically set, which is presented in their hands. Would you say that our hands are an imprint of our DNA? Absolutely. I mean, you get your brown eye, blue eyes, you know, from your parents and you get your hands from your parents and you get a lot of your personality traits. So just to, just to understand how that has anything to do with the hands, it's been established first, what is the personality? right? It's your nervous system, particularly centered around the sensory cortex, right? And so when you're looking at somebody's hand, you're seeing the expansion of the sensory cortex, right? So it's a direct link to the brain. And you inherited that sensory cortex, just like you inherited brown, brown hair, right? You inherited are your fingerprints specifically related to the nervous system? Is it the fingerprints? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're developed at a, a particular time in around the nine week marker as a fetus, right? So nine weeks prior, you know, you were conceived and, and the first part of the brain is, uh, is this reptilian brain. It goes back 400 million years. And there you see only a palm. 
That's it. You look at the, the fetus hand and you look at, remember your, your, your old biology of what a, a fetus looks like at around nine weeks. It's just a big vertebrae with a big eye, you know, and a big head right. and little fins, right? And then the next three weeks, the most incredible development happens. The, the limbic system is formed. And when it, when it is, it's basically, most people know the amygdala, which is, you know, your fight and flight and the pineal gland, which, you know, regulates things like melatonin and serotonin the feel good. Well, while that's being um, turned online, your hands are amplifying every aspect of your brain. And so as it switches on, this massive expansion goes right into the tips of your fingers. And it basically, if you look at it, it's the highest amount of DMT. Wow. Serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin. It's just a surge of feel good. And it goes over to the most sensitive part of the hand, the fingertips. Wow. And it, it goes and expands. And it's not just an event. It's like it, it, it's expanding into a model of who you are. So you can think of it as it's going to the more sympathetic sides of your personality. And then you have more parasympathetic sides of your personality based on whether it's the thumb and index finger versus the ring and pinky. And so the relaxed portion of your, your nervous system or the more go getting, and it comes in and says, I love this area epigenetically. So did my mom. So mm. did my and as it expands, it says, I still love it. I still love it. And for four months, it's like that. And eventually the skin goes over that big ball. And if it's a huge ball, you end up getting a circle in that area, which means that person says, for the love of God, make this my life. This is my life purpose. I want to go in this area. That is so powerful. You mentioned that the soul comes in through the thumb. Is that right? Yeah. So it, first you have to agree, when does the soul come into the body? Right. right. So there is a, uh, a view from the scientific community that they don't call it the soul. They call it, you know, your feelings and right. your, uh, and a blueprint of your early consciousness. Right. But whatever, potato, potato, it is the, uh, that's switched on when the limbic system is switched on when you have feelings, right. Which is that time, right. Nine weeks. And it, and so if you're more spiritual inclined, you would say the soul is coming into the body and making a blueprint like a wave. And so if you look at fingerprints, you're really seeing like a wave like function, you know, you see it in sand dunes. Yeah. And, and that starts first with the thumb. Okay. And what we see with people who have a big area, like a big expansion in that area, if you keep with that volar pad concept that I was saying two minutes ago, yeah. if that big ball, that person just has an innate feeling that they belong here and they want to make their mark in the world. They want to build a family if it's on the left hand and they get a big circle there, or they have uh, a, if it's a circle on the right, they want to like build something up that they can live up and make a mark in the world. So some people did not get that ball. And instead they got something else like a compression. And what you hear universally is I don't belong here. Oof. I don't, I don't, I, this family isn't my family. Mm -hmm. 
if you combine that with some other factors in the hand, you can already start to guess that you have an orphan. Wow. And that's strange to say that you can see somebody from a fingerprint combination that are an orphan, like somehow the, the soul of the baby knows that the mother has got other plans. Is- I have guessed this at least half a dozen times. I don't have that many orphans coming through, but when I see it, I wow, this is the mark of the orphan. Go, yeah, I am. God, that is so incredible. So your fingerprints, and we'll go into sort of the details of the hand, of course, but just for clarity, your fingerprints specifically show your life purpose and well, your life purpose, I would imagine, right? Yeah, and your life lesson, both. Life lesson, okay. And is your life lesson, you see it in, in the all of the fingertips, not just the thumb or one particular finger. Yeah. you. In order to do a, a really thorough evaluation, you have to see the forest for the trees. When you look at the fingerprints, you have to see which ones are in uh, a higher expression than each other. So there's nothing, there's mainly four different fingerprint combinations. You can have like a an arch, which is just a hill, mm-hmm. right? You, it, it, you look at the, the fingerprint pattern, it just starts on one side of the finger and just continues, nothing to see here, it just continues on the other side, right? It's just an, an arch pattern. And then there's another that would be a tented arch. It's an upside down T. It looks like there's literally somebody drew a line in the middle of your finger. And then there's a wave that just says, hey, I love the party. Thank you very much. Goodbye. It goes right off the other side, uh, the, the same side it started in, right? So it comes in and it comes out. And then finally you have a circle, right? Mm-hmm. So though those, those fingerprint patterns, when they evaluate, when you evaluate them with the other fingers, there's nothing wrong with an arch or a tendon arch, but you have to consider that tendon arch in its development is much more of a volar pad than an arch was. Mm-hmm. And so therefore that person, relatively speaking, is more satisfied in that area. And we would say that that person would love to be whatever that area is in life based on where it's, it is in comparison. So wherever that higher expression, but the easiest thing is like, just look for most people. They don't know what a tenant arch is. They just go, well, do you have a circle in your fingers? Just look there. That area, wherever that's located is your life purpose. That's what we hear. It's not something that I want you to believe. This has now been tested. So I spent uh, 14 years validating something that Richard Unger had seen in his collection of 10,000 hands. So he just organized all the people with a circle on their right ring finger. And he saw all these artists. And then then he sees all the people that have an arch in their right ring finger. They're so shy. You see... You see the, uh, a epigenetic pattern in their family history that they had to be shy mm-hmm. to the German Nazi party. They had to conform. So mm. there's a strong story of why these fingerprints get developed. And when you touch that nerve for that person, it's so personal and it's such a pain. And that's an area that they would rather avoid talking about or... Yeah. Uh, find it's taboo within themselves. So they try to block it out right. and they can money issues, you know, always insecure, low self-worth, which means no matter what course you take and how much you work on yourself, that low self-worth is an epigenetic 
biological pattern. And yes, you can break through, but you have to stand on that nerve. And that's what I'm helping people do is yeah. just go locate to that point and make and make a transformation. So if somebody comes in with this epigenetic pattern, I mean, it's great to know that you can change it, like you said. And when you did my reading, you brought to my awareness something you do where you work with the the shadow side of the person. Like we might do a vision board of what we want in life, but we also, you do a sort of shadow board of our life, which I find really fascinating because it's, it's a way to make people aware of their stuff, to make them aware of their darkness and what's been, what's been the challenges in their life or the karma or the passive karma active karma you can change passive karma you cannot you cannot change the color of your eyes so to speak mm. so you really help people with their passive karma by working with the shadow which i think is really powerful yeah what what most people try to do is they affirm and you know they try to get their themselves fixed and with positive beliefs and thinking and clearing and taking another class that as long as they lean into the positive and accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative, right? Most people do that. But the problem is, is that they're doing it under a context of what Carl Jung calls the shadow side, which is the part that you are suppressing that ultimately results it, most of the time in, in a negative limiting pattern. Now the shadow in, the, in plain terms is when you are running on autopilot with a fixed mindset about something. And so you can even say that when you're running any pattern or you're showing up as a personality type, you are already running a pattern. Right. So, so that's already a shadow, right? Because if you take when you're in Hawaii, right? And you're in Maui and you're just, you're, 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 you're spiritually alive and you're mentally switched on and you're feeling like you're, you're everything's so curious and, and fun and, and you're, you're in almost a psychic world as well. And you're feeling spiritual and romantic and you've slowed down, you feel your body and you're feeling natural. You're not a personality type. Mm -hmm. you're just everything's just in its wonderful place but as we run into automatic patterns then they start to show up in your hand and those automatic patterns there's nothing wrong with them you learn to drive a stick shift and you can now talk and listen to the radio and go right through driving a stick shift because that's an audit pattern automatic pattern that allows you to still move toward connection. But there are automatic patterns that you have that take you away from connection and that's called trauma. Now, right. everyone's got it and you inherited a lot of it too. And when you, you uh, hold onto a, a chemistry, a pattern, it gets ingrained physiologically into you and that starts changing your epigenetic pattern you pass it on to your children and that suffering can be any type of stress pattern that you have held for 
more than 28 days, right? It becomes habit. But what happens with uh, people when they have been in a bad marriage or a bad arranged marriage, or they've suffered with the potato blight, right? Or they, they were really wealthy and then they got kicked out and they've been, there were a life of immigrants after that, right? I don't belong. They end up getting a fingerprint combination that says that area of my life is too, too difficult. When they, when that fear runs the show, then you become somebody that is fearful trying to protect that. So everything positive that I could read in your hand rises to your defense to protect you automatically. And you do that for 28 days, you will start to see you're in an automatic, but very difficult suffering pattern. Now that runs, when I show it to you, you'll start to realize, geez, I've been in this dumb pattern for, 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 for 70% of my life. A lot of people, 90%. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm trying to wake you up because when you can bring that open, while as painful as those feelings are, now you can creatively deal with them. They don't have to be running the show in the background, creating a limiting context for your life. Like I don't, I'm not good with money or I'm not good in relationships or I'm single and I, that's the way it is, right? No, all that area can be completely opened up and you can go back to Hawaii literally in a session, but you have to have the courage to be able to look at that pattern. If it's 80% of the time, that means the 20% that you're not in, you're in a growth mindset and it's fun. So try to put any positive thing while you have an 80% limiting pattern, you will always be bumping up against that, sabotaging yourself, procrastinating, moving through a, a lot of emotional avoidant issues. And that, of course, creates a pattern. I'm going to show that to you in your hands. So powerful. Well, you talk about the length of your fingers determines your talent or describes or shows your talent. What if somebody has really short fingers? Is it just relative to that person? Yeah. So that's a great question. So uh, short fingers are, uh, are a sign of impulsivity. Okay. And uh, it, what we, we call a, uh, a much more um, uh, short term thinker. If you have really long fingers, then you're very considerate, like a philosopher, right? And so when I was getting the hands of the theological advisor to the Pope, right? And I put it in front of somebody as I was testing my book, and they, they were able to locate, well, this guy has really long fingers, mm. right? He's really, really contemplating a system, some philosophy. And then they were able to use the fingerprint pattern and realize he's a healer. And then he saw, well, and he's got a lot of lines there that show his, his challenge. And they were able to guess that they had a chaplain. They didn't know I was in the Vatican. So, so when it's short fingers, then you have Donald Trump, right? He has very short fingers and Vladimir Putin and, and Hugo Chavez. And so you, the way to see, if you do, you just copy and paste your fingers onto your palm. And if they're you know, they're, they're stopping about uh, uh, less than two thirds of the way down, right? Then you know that you have some pretty short fingers and there's a very uh, pioneering creative energy that you're always looking for novelty rather than 
and analyzing systems. Mm, wow. Can you read death in a hand? No, but I what I see is your body has a, a trend towards certain things, yeah. right? So it's not uncommon if you go to a doctor and you say, yeah, you know, you have a propensity toward diabetes and you're at stage four right now, right? You keep up this going and you're going to be in a, in a, in a larger risk, right? So when I'm looking at the hand, I can see long-term suffering that is starting to get pretty difficult physiologically. And that shows up in different areas. For example, if you have a blue area underneath your thumb, there's something going on in your circulation of fun and joy. Women who haven't had sex or had a hysterectomy or have had uh, very difficult uh, marriages tend to have a blue Venus in there. And that can show up over a long period of, you know, digestive issues and, and, and deeper inflammation. Cause all stress is, is an inflammation. That's the foundation of blue color in their thumbnail. No, uh, in the palm and underneath the thumb, you'll see that the, this region, which underneath the thumb, uh, which is in the palm. So you just oh, kind of down here, uh, you'll start to see that that area starts to get discolored. If you have liver issues, then your hand will turn yellow, right? And, and you can see somebody who has recently had a problem with their liver functioning. And I, I nail that all the time. But that also shows up immediately or early on as just criticism that you're holding on to. Right. I would think like holding on to a lot of internalized anger. Yeah. Uh, I'm helping somebody with MS and she is growing, growing again, all of her muscle and balance. And what, what happened is, is that you can see that there was a lot of anger in this area, uh, just above the palm in that same region, just between the thumb and the index finger, it's called an area called Mars. That's how the Greeks called it. We still call it Mars today, where you hold the hammer. And that's when that thing gets really red, that person is holding on to a lot of anger. And what happened to somebody with MS is that they detached from it. But this is your... That part of your hand is where the sympathetic system is, which means that I'm here to fight or flight, right? Fly. So that area, when it's activated over and over and over, and you're becoming aggressive, but now you're detaching, now you're becoming passive aggressive and you're holding onto that. Well, then what happens is all that, all that histamine, all the adrenaline is going to your muscles but you're not connecting to your nervous system in anger. So what is happening is that you're producing the response that your body was ready to get activated and you're detaching from that response, which makes you rigid and tense. And as a result, she started to get MS. So the way I reversed her MS and I'm now starting, she's now walking, she's, she's smiling is I had to confront that tendency for her to be a know-it-all and also to have her give her permission through the shadow board to express her anger. And when she did, she started to feel stronger because she was connecting to her muscles. Wow. That is so exquisite. My God. Did she, um, was her pattern to 
swallow her anger? Like she just would not express her anger at all? Yes. In her family, uh, her mother was very dominant. So when she grew up, whenever she did express anger, she was uh, looking at their pictures in her shadow board. You know, she was she had no problem expressing anger at five. But when oh. you when you have a really very difficult response from the mother every time that the mother sees your that the child's anger and it's destructive and it's punishing yes. should be to detach from anger as an emotion that that's not a safe place to express and yeah. she needs to stuff it down so that when she got into a marriage and the guy was a, had a little bit of narcissistic traits and she she didn't know how to express her needs in a collaborative way she just shut down and then she just kind of took the hit for the team and started raising a child and sleeping with the child and just holding on to her anger until she started to develop very very difficult symptoms and balance issues wow that is just really deep unfortunately i i attest i see that all the time in my work too this idea of just not having the license to express your pain or just express yourself authentically as a child because your parents just don't have the um, wherewithal or the consciousness to hold up your emotions, to hold up, have the scaffolding to really be present for whatever you're feeling. It's, a, it's unfortunate, but boy, is it an epi epidemic for humanity. Um, wow, Brent. Well, there's 12 different energies specifically that your hands, your hands reveal your personal energy. And specifically, there's 12 different energies in the hands that you find. Is that right? Yeah. So what you're, we're talking about is those are archetypes, right? So if we go back to the farmer, right? Okay. And then we go to Kendall Jenner, right? So yeah. the farmer would say is a down to earth guy. He has a down to earth hand. You give me that hand. I go, wow, that's a down to earth guy. And then you give me Kendall Jenner's hand or any supermodel, you know, you'd be able to see, well, that's a, that's a very feminine person. And a man can have Kendall Jenner's hand type, right? It's a very, what we call that water. You take the Donald Trump hand uh, and you can look at the palm. There's a lot of crazy lines uh, for people that are super fiery. And so they're just more neurotic and, and there's just a lot more energy going on in their nervous system, like creativity, like Woody Allen, right? Or Snoop Dogg. And then you have, you know, the, the, the professor, right. Or Jody Foster, you know, that this is a little more intellectual in their nature. Um, and so when you, that's called air, right? So now we've got all four elements, right? Earth, air, fire, and water. And that's a really powerful system. It's not linked to astrology, even though astrology uses that language too. Um, but it's a really powerful way for you to get your head around the energy of the chemistry. So you already know what it's like to be around somebody. But when I, when you have a language like earth and then you can now mix and match it, right? So what happens if somebody has a, an earth hand, but their fingers are getting long, right? So they've got, they've got an intellectual nature, but everything's got to be real and practical. So we have an expert who's working with systems and maybe he, he, uh, and hold a military helicopter, right? And operate that fine, right? But you don't like Kendall Jenner doing that. So she has a different talent. And so when you 
when you organize people, you can say fire water, then you have Gwen Stefani, you know, somebody with with uh, short fingers and, and has a very individualistic nature, but she's also got soft hands, right? Fire water. So she can just open up everything, but she loves testing boundaries on and on and on. So you, you come to these really interesting ways that are way deeper than any Myers-Briggs test. Yeah, way deep. for because sure. Because you're going to the wit your psyche and how your psyche has formed a pattern and there it, you can already see there's a shadow side. Obviously, if you take, for example, somebody like Donald Trump, right? Fire Earth. He's actually got a very broad hand. He doesn't have those crazy lines. We have a broad hand, but stubby fingers. And, you know, you can throw all the artillery at that guy and he just becomes bigger, right? He loves the controversy. What he's missing in his personality is the water element. Of, of, of sensitivity and air, which is the, the strong, uh, you know, contemplative, uh, abstract intellect. Right. And when you put that, that's a pretty, he's, he's, you're missing a lot of forgiveness energy and appreciation that you would find in somebody with a water air hand, someone with sl slender fingers, but they're really long who just shows up all the time is graceful and needs a perfect climate. And, you know, is very, uh, sensitive to details. And you find that in editors and, you know, people that are you know, doing um, interior design, right? So try to imagine if Donald Trump had to be an interior designer and sensitive, right? And, and being in a, a, a counsel for somebody, or, or you take somebody like Heath Ledger, right? With long fingers, but he's starting to get a little bit more sensitive. His hands are soft. And you know, you take those guys like that, or, you know, the lead singer of Aha, you know, and have him run the country, right? Sure. It's different, you know, or try to get Donald Trump to, to you know, write songs, right? They're, they're completely different archetypes. And so as a result, they have kind of pigeonholed themselves into a, 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 a almost cast of, of a personality type that has created a shadow in their life and everyone's got it. And I, as I, as we go back to the, the Hawaii portrait, right. That once you un understand and can be totally conscious of your, where you are in your element, and you can understand you have a certain gift and power and we, you should do that. Right. But just realize that while you're doing that, you're running, you're being a personality type. And that's what you do when anytime you get stressed, you get a little bit more rigid and then you start running a pattern. So as you let go, and I can bring this conscious pattern to you or this unconscious pattern to you, and then you, and then you can see it, then you have a breakthrough. And then you have this like experience, like, oh my God, there's more the way that I'm seeing life. I'm now seeing it through many different channels. Well, those channels are there. Donald Trump can become poetic. He can. If yeah. he through a process with me, he can go through it in four hours. You can see it, but he has to be able to see the payoff and the cost of being only in that channel. And your nervous system has all 12 channels. So what I'm doing is I'm opening you. I'm actually introducing you to you and having you open up these connections so that you end up having a, a greater experience of aliveness like you did when you were in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I'm thinking of two things as you're talking. One is how powerful 
I would imagine this could be for parents with children where they can get child's hand analysis and they can see where this child's talents lie. And so when the child says, oh, mommy, I want to, I want a spatula. I want to make pancakes. And you go, no, 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 you'll burn yourself. Well, this kid really wants to be working with food. So you should encourage that. I would think you'd encourage it anyway, but just with the information that you're given through hand analysis, that could be so powerful. But then the other question I have here is, can, as we grow, does it change? Do the patterns change or is it kind of fixed from birth? Yeah, yeah your hand changes as you grow up, right? So it's 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 changing with a lot of the different experiences. Uh, you, If you look down in your hand, you'll have likely three main lines. Well, those can slightly change, right? Okay. So you're not going to be able to change the fact that you're you have a dramatic personality if you have a heart line that's the the topmost line that rises all the way up to the top of uh, and out your uh, the top part of your palm. You can't do much about that, right? But what I see is that as you adapt to relationships and you're going well, being dramatic just is not working. I need to be able to be considerate if I'm going to keep this partner. And so people grow into new lines as their nervous system creates uh, a, a whole new pattern. And it, it feels completely awkward and unnatural for that person for many, many days until finally one day they wake up and go, well, I can be considerate and I can be you know, passionate. So the, there's pits in the, in, in the lifeline, this, the, the line that goes around the thumb that show uh, early stages of difficulty. Um, the hand can itself can change right so your fingers get all twisted when you're going through a very difficult moment they start getting bending in awkward directions when you're struggling personally with something uh they they change color uh if you go through what caitlin jenner went through right yeah. a lot of hormone replacement therapy her her hands literally changed so she was she had a man's earthy hand as as bruce jenner a total olympian's hand and then with all of that all of the estrogen that that she was pumping in her hands turned into a feminine hand and it's now pink rosy soft and and slender wow so the lines can sort of morph into something else and give mm -hmm. a different analysis mm -hmm. Like the woman you're working with who's healing her MS, mm -hmm. are you seeing her hand patterns literally changing yet? Not yet. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I like I would like to see normally for for uh, we've been working together already only for about three months, right? So she is at the stage where she's now like she's she she wrote a bunch of letters to her ex-husband and then they had a talk and and every small step of having the freedom to express her anger in her life as she's regained more strength in her body and she can walk further with every expression of anger strangely enough but not i'm not trying to get her to be a jerk i'm trying to say you know you have there's a way that you can get your needs met and they and it, it, with a crucial conversation, you can maintain your dignity with another person and grow in connection. Yeah. Right? 
but for her hands to go through the full transformation will probably take about six months of her doing this. And then we'll probably see a change. That's my, my projection, what's going to happen. Like to that. A little factoid here. Can you explain how the dimensions from the index finger to the ring finger show a correlation between estrogen and testosterone? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, the the index finger is uh, one thing you can kind of look at it is the index finger is your and your thumb are the areas that you manipulate, right? And at that there's not a baby on the planet that has ever tried to open a jar with the ring and pinky, right? <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's something in our, our, the way that we have evolved that says that the sympathetic nervous system has to be on the thumb and index side of things. And the parasympathetic or the relaxed part is on the, uh, on the ring pinky and the pinky, right? Where you reflect. So what happens is, is that when you start to express these different uh, hormones in, uh, whether it be cortisol, histamine, or estrogen, as you express them, you go and they, as the more that they get expressed, the more that you start to get a longer finger. And this happens already uh, in the womb, right? So as you start to develop more estrogen, then you're starting to get a longer index finger, right? And you get more testosterone, you start to get more of a ring finger and it's going over to, uh, there's actually channels. You can look down in the hand and you can see the testosterone flowing uh, at, like a circuit from the area of the Mars region, which I was talking where you hold the hammer. And right. somebody who has a lot of that, for example, has this real puffy area, like the guys that are boxing and they, they, they have to have that challenge. They feel they have something in them that has to, um, express that otherwise they feel frustrated. So it's, it's something, uh, uh, very deep within them that they had, they still have that, that hormones. Wow. Now I'm not with anyone to say, well, you know, go take more high, higher estrogen levels and your, you know, your hands will become and, and skin will be thinner and more feminine, but that's what happens, right? So you can imagine that that, that 2D, 4D study, which you're referring to, yes, uh, that is only the, just the basic of what the hand reveals. You've got all these hormones that are all being, uh, circulated through the entire nervous system. And of course the hand is the most advanced expression of that nervous system. So you got all these different hormones, not just testosterone and, and estrogen, you have histamine and you have all the neurotransmitters that are running through it. And that circuitry you can see by the different expressions. And if you leave any bit of sweat, then you can look at that sweat and just like you can taste a diet Coke versus a, a, a Coke, you can tell whether somebody has been, if you have, if you look under a microscope, this is what the FBI has reported, say they, they can do, and even this was published 10 years ago, they can see not only the kind of mood somebody is in, but you know, whether they smoked a cigarette and probably today they can see that you've been in a zoom call. 
because there's an experience for everything. You just need to know the, the cocktail. True. So growth hormones create more square hands, right? And, you know, you, you can say that when people start to get thin skinned or thick skinned, you know, that's actually a change in their, their, their whole personality. Mm. And that's hormones. Wild. Thanks for breaking that down. It, sort of an odd question here. There's dermatoglyphs, the fingerprints, right? Um, they're in your feet as well. The spirals mm -hmm. in your head. We have this these spirals. Well, I guess not everybody has a spiral. I guess that would be my first question. And my second question is, could you, if these dermatoglyphs exist in the feet, and there are lines in the feet. Can you read the feet, and would it correlate to the reading in the hand? Yeah. So the the feet are being read to talk about mainly the your organs, right? So it's used more in reflexology. You know, the state of your liver, and you know, depressing these different points. They say the soul, uh, um, the, the the arch underneath your 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 uh, the tender part of your 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 foot is more where the soul is and okay. and uh you can literally look at the 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 toes and see those the different channels there just like you see uh in the in the fingers but the thing is what makes the the feet more uh interesting is that the fact it's really their their role is just to keep us rooted and grounded right. and things regulating so uh when you when it when the topic starts to move more into uh you know natural path stuff then uh i would like to look at the feet but i don't i'm not a foot reader because i find the hands uh and the personality uh more expressed in the hands and the, the different nuances you can say that you know somebody who has a fire hand uh has a fiery personality and there is a foot foot type that correlates to that, just like you have long feet for, you know, very tall people and, and, and very, a lot of intellectuals have long, long and narrow feet. Right. So, uh, but, uh, that map hasn't been explored just out of the practicality that, that hands have, you know, uh, uh, Richard Unger, uh, who, who worked with the dermatoglyphic patterns, has now 70,000 hands, right? And he's collectively with the Institute and all the different people who have been uh, in and out of that Institute, there's about half a million people that have had their hands read and analyzed. There's a half a million fingerprints that can be compared. And so it's it's not something that when, you, when we make a, a an assessment of somebody's hands, this is over thousands and thousands of times, it's not just intuition. And the, the feet there has there isn't a database uh, at that level yet, just for practical or more interest based. But certainly, there's got that's a great opportunity at the moment. If, if we can read the hands, why not the, the feet at that same level? Right. I even think of someone that I interviewed a, a while back that reads faces and quite extensively. Very interesting, but some correlations to hands. I find yours is really fascinating uh, just having experienced it with you um yeah that's really interesting so richard unger did he develop did he come up with his own 
way of deciphering hands or did someone teach him? Did he have a guru or a? No, no, he, he, he got an egg on his face constantly <laughs> because, you know, he was, I think he was a financial advisor at, at one point and, and he had read everyone's hands in the office. And at some point, uh, the boss took him aside saying, okay, you can only serve one master. What is it going to be? Are you going to be a hand reader or are you going to be a financial analyst? So he, he had to support, he basically was, you know, left that world and went, became immediately broke. And he was like, I've got to learn how to do this. And he was a, he's a, not a esoteric guy. He's about as linear and i mean when you when you see him he's just you know he's he's kind of like more of an engineer type personality and uh and so he was very skeptical of palmistry and he uh as soon as one something was wrong he threw it out so he had he was a prolific reader and i'm sure there's not a person on the planet that has read more palmistry books than that man but he started to see that nobody was, uh, except for Cummings, which was you know hundred years ago, nobody was looking at the fingerprints at all. And then he started to see, wow, this is important. And he started to develop a system around it by just he and his wife. They were they were both um, deeply deeply into the hand reading, and they they were seeing all these insights come over and over. And you know, after you've you've read, I. A hundred people's hands. You're starting to see already that there's, you know, very obvious ways uh, that these patterns show up in their life. And then uh, to graduate as a hand analyst from the institute, uh, you have to uh, read 500 people's hands. Uh, and to be a master, you know, you have to read a thousand. Well, now imagine you're listening to somebody's story seventy thousand times, right? Mm -hmm. And you're listening to the, oh, here we go again. Here's another money security problem. There's another with anxiety issues. Yep, there's the tended arches right there. There's another person with panic attacks in their body all the time. Yep, there's an arch right here. And so he 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 developed this system in his book, Life Prints. And you kind of have to roll up your sleeve and, and take off two months in order to understand his that book. Not, uh, it's a, I recommend getting that book, but uh, that's the reason why I, I published The Power in Your Hands, because uh, it's it, the book, it only focuses on fingerprint combinations and, uh, and his assessment of seeing these stories emerge over people's life based on a very predictable pattern in their fingerprints. Mm. Be interesting. Have you seen his hands? Does it is it does it show that he's drawn he's he's meant to be a hand analyst like it's clear in his totally yeah reading i mean anybody can be a, a hand analyst but the, his his approach is one of a kind because of richard unger right yeah. so he what makes him fascinating is he has all four fingerprint types in his fingers and so that allowed him to already get so nuanced to recognize, oh, okay, the directing finger is uh, on the, the right index finger, uh, which is our, uh, the right hand is the left brain. So it's, it's, it's very um, evidence oriented. And so he was able to start to get 
an exact portrait of power struggles by the arch and then relate that pattern directly to his life and then see a wave-like formation and also feel and embody and then explore that with other people. So over the years, he started to develop now a perfect system. It's logically congruent. And that's why I spent, uh, I, I had no idea how important it was to be honest, because in, in as to be a graduate, you not only have to understand the fingerprints, you got to understand every square millimeter of the hand and the lines and everything. And, and we're doing, you know, you're getting tested all the time. You're like, here's a handprint. Who is it? Right. You just have to look at the handprint, you know, and, and, and now we can guess not only that somebody's a film director, but the kind of films that they're making. And so that blew my mind when I saw it the first time. And it still blows my mind every time that you see, you're like, well, how much free choice do we really have? But what, what's happening there is the person just happens to feel really, really good. And all the excitement shows up where all their talents are being employed in the filmmaking process. And they're a project manager and they've also liked to write and they have a creative urge. And, and you got all the silliness and the fingerprints. You can have these like S like shapes in the fingerprints as well which is a lot of yin yang energy and it's a lot of craziness now you have a horror film director right mm -hmm. so he he was uh when i saw when i saw that everybody who understood the system could be able to guess somebody's life pattern and how much of the life pattern was just on the fingerprints which is about 65 percent of your life yeah and that blew my mind and then that's when i said look we we've, we've got to get some really wild people. So I created a theoretical butterfly collection and my butterfly collection or stamp collection was, okay, I'm I want all 12 hand types and I want all 12 hand types with, with a, and all of them have to have a big index finger. And another one has to have a big middle finger. And this one has a big ring finger. What do I see? That became the, the focus of my book, the power in your hands. And then I want all fingerprint types. Right. I want I want a circle on the right thumb, a circle on the index finger, one on the middle so I can see it for myself because it's one thing to read it. I want to experience this. And so that became the focus of my travels and getting everyone from Eminem to Ben Stiller to a shoemaker to an astronaut to a general. And and then taking that handprint and giving it to somebody like one of the teachers, uh, Pascal Stussel uh, here in uh, Switzerland and and seeing, OK, where have I been? You have no idea. You know, I put four hands and one's a hairdresser and the other one is the richest man in Switzerland or one of them. And and, you know, he was able to nail it. And that's when he, when I had the recordings of both the interview and Pascal reverse engineering somebody's life and even saying the same things that the person said in the interview. It just. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it was crazy. And it needs to be a documentary. Uh, this is so important because what you're seeing is a, 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 a what turns you on and what is it that is so fulfilling that these people say is their life purpose. And then you got Pascal going, well, that's his life purpose. You know, be an artist or be a, be a mentor for other artists, right? So get really specific when you do all these combinations because you got, what, four different main fingerprints but arguably you have variations of that which create maybe you know just take it easy seven main um, main types on the on the finger times 10 fingers so seven to 
to the 10th power. You know, you're really talking about millions of, of combinations. And yet, if you're a hand analyst, you know, okay, well, this person wrestles with self-worth as they're trying to build up a business and they have trust issues and they're, and I can see how their hand shows that they go into a personality type where they don't trust anybody because the pinky is all awkward and, and then they go in and the heart is very short. So they become a hermit and then they come in complaining that they can't date anyone. And so you start to, to, to recognize, you know, huge transformational possibilities, but then when you go into the pattern and how deep it is of the pain pattern and re resurrect them through this pain pattern, they feel so alive. They kick years. I'm talking years of antidepressants, years of back pain medication. And this sounds too good to be true. I know even when I say it, I'm just like, I'm, I know how this sounds to you guys, but it, it just, it, you have to understand you. It's just your nervous system. Right. It's just a natural way that you produce serotonin and dopamine. Because if you remember how those things got formed, they were being formed because you were turned on. And right. so if you these things, this is your natural turn on system. And people, when I, they go through this process with me, and I say, go just try, just, I know you're not, a, you're not a, a, I know you don't think that you're an artist, right? But you have a print there. Just try, right? And when they, when they come back after 28 days and you see that they're, they look five to 10 years younger, and then you go, wow, you know, that is obviously your immune system is back in functioning and your immune system is doing things. It's, it's active now because you're doing things you love. Yes. Yeah. I, I think people listening to this podcast, I would imagine totally get what you're saying, Brent, because they understand things of a spiritual nature. They understand that everything is energy. They understand everything is vibration. You change your vibration. You change the physical nature of things. You change the nature of your life. You're working from the up down. So from the real to the shadow. So and clearing the shadow. So, so it makes perfect sense to me. I'd say when I had my reading with you, what was fascinating for me was A, the specificity, but also the reinforcement from my naughty reading that I had um, maybe three or four years ago. And uh, I think it was like three years ago. And there were some very specific things that they said in my naughties. And I was like, come on, that's, that's a big statement. Like, really? That's my path. And uh, they say, you know, it's here. And they tell me exactly when it's going to sort of unfold. And then you share it in my reading. And oh, I go, right. oh, my God. <laughs> so that was pretty mind blowing for me. Um, that that level of specificity. And, and it's kind of like something that nobody would know unless you had that acumen and um, we're tapping into something that is right there in my hand, but you wouldn't know it unless you, you know, know how to look at it. So that, that blew my mind. Do you find that there's any one pervasive pattern that that humans carry in their hands like as a collective like self-love self-worth great question yeah yeah uh so 
um, not, not, you can't say one thing you can say is everyone has a soul. That's because everyone has fingerprints. Uh, and even if you don't have fingerprints, when you look there, they do really do have fingerprints. Uh, well, some people might ask too, does everyone have a soul? Can you come in without a soul? I would say no. Yeah. So everyone has feelings and yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's been very interesting to, um, evaluate tribes of humanity. So there's been a lot of mapping of fingerprints with no knowledge that what they're mapping is the soul. And you can see countries with a, uh, a lot of um, arch immigrants, right? With, yeah. with a arches in the left thumb. And you can literally see, see the spectrum of fingerprint combinations across the globe. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and so what I, What's really interesting is that when you play the game like I do of organizing people by fingerprint combination and you just say, all right, let's just take all the people with waves on their fingerprints. Well, then you get close to you get you get a very strong uh, notion of a tribe of people that are here for love. Sixty five percent of the people are here for love. Their soul is here for love. Uh, the 30%, which have circles all over their fingers because they have to do everything. So those people want to be of service and contribution. That's 30%, right? So you got, now that's 95%, right? Of the population. You know, so they have a, a four or more circles that they're all about service and contribution and giving and sharing and doing, and they just can't stop. They can't just go jogging. They got to be a triathlete. They can't be just an engineer. They have to be a, uh, you know, make the Gotthard tunnel in Switzerland. They can't be, you know, uh, just a, a person who's a teacher. They have to be Tony Robbins, right? I've read yeah. his fingers twice. So, but when you take all the people with waves all over, then you get such a, a kind person like Walt Disney or, or, you know, if, if you're a down to earth guy, you get like a scuba diver, right? He just wants to bring people the experience of love of the, uh, of underwater. So what about the other 5%? Well, that's split between people with tented arches, which are kind of a unicorn. One out of a hundred have tented arches and then, you know, what, and maybe two of two out of a hundred have, uh, you know, uh, this, this, these arch patterns and, and when you group them and you just go, well, let's get all the tenant arch guys together. You got Eminem, Johnny Depp, Dave Grohl. They're not loving, overly, overly sensitive people, pleasing people, nor are they trying to be of service to you. Mm. No. So you're getting a completely different life theme from that tenant arch. Mm -hmm. And likewise, you know, um, David Williams is in in the news right now from Britain's Got Talent because he's leaving that show and 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 uh, and people like Charlie Sheen and or a conductor like Vladimir Ashkenazi who has been you know this guy who uh, um, pretty much ran away from Russia uh, and and is now a very famous conductor or, or or B author from the Golden Girls those those people live they're not people pleasing no are they are they trying to be about wisdom or, or smarty pants and they're not trying to be of service to other people? What are they? So they, they, what you see out of those guys is that they, they love, they love a sense of danger and they have a, they have great uh, urges to always try to find peace, but at the same time you give them peace and then they're going to find something else to, 
go into the fear response again, like a clown spinning the next plate. And you're like, you know, you only have to spin four. No, 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 come back. And they're now doing seven. So they're always pushing themselves over and over. And wherever they're pushing themselves um, is seen by where that arch is, right? Maybe they're pushing themselves to be constantly on stage or pushing themselves to create results, whatever that is. And if they stop, then they feel stoned. They feel sleepy. They go numb. So there you start to go, all right, there's a middle ground, obviously. And when you, you point out how to, how to live that middle ground, now you're talking about how to feel physically good in your body and have almost a Tantra-like uh, way of living. And the, you have huge breakthroughs with that particular tribe of when they do really find peace, that they, they really show up as advanced in their spiritual evolution. So yeah, I'm talking about that. Everybody here has a evolving path. You're not, unless you're fixed all the time, unless you're in your shadow. What is the most revelatory thing that has come forward in your life from doing this work? What has been revealed to you really about life or about our journey as a human? God, that's a great question. Um, you know, I came into hand analysis not meaning to be a hand analyst. I was I was coming in because I thought it was just a really cool thing to do while I was in software robotics, right? So I I didn't see it as my 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 nature. But when I when they were able to recognize my self esteem issue that I, you know, was really wrestling with because I come from this whole family of warriors and and it's all the way up the Shermans, you know, and 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 so. Uh, I, I had all, I was not, I'm just a nice guy. And then, and so I never thought of myself in an alpha type position, but what the hand analysis was showing me is how to grow up in this area and deal with, uh, crucial conversations and how to engage in areas with anger and shame. And, and so, um, I ultimately developed a program that's beyond the hand analysis that people go on when they want to make a big breakthrough and it's called the hero's journey and that's you know modeling off of joseph campbell's idea that when you live an extraordinary life you're going outside of your normal life the ordinary right and obviously we're talking about that since we began this podcast so that that is um uh, that's an area that became so important for people and i started to deal with and all these people the same issue I was dealing with in my life how to have a crucial conversation and open up comp, uh, areas where you haven't talked to your brother for 15 years or your 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 daughter uh, and you are estranged and 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 so I had to develop also equally how to engage in your life without creating more upset and so People are doing that and clearing all over the place because you know how good it feels when you actually do clear up, like properly clear up with somebody. And now they're like, yeah, we're best friends now. Yeah, But for years you weren't, right? But now when it's properly cleared up, you have all that heart energy back and that you go sky with that energy with, you know, new creative renaissance because you just, that part of your nervous system was always shut down. So you're always operating only on a percentage of your growth. So that part has, has, has for me, became, become the most transformative part of this 
program is being able to engage in what you want in your life and go for it. And that means you're going to have to revisit the areas that have blocked you in the past. And when you open that territory up again, you have a rebirth. Mm, it's so powerful. Yeah. I'm just really hearing the words freedom and liberation that comes present. Yeah. Yeah. Brent, this is such a fascinating talk. I'm so grateful to have met you and to have a reading from you and have my family have a reading from you. And uh, your work is so needed on the planet. Your book is gorgeous. So guys, check it out. The power in your hands, all your information's uh, in the show notes. And do you want to leave us with anything else before we go? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, get, if you want to get your hands uh, read, it's super easy. You take, you have a, you have a smartphone, you go outside, you take a photo where the sun can see the contrast of the, the fingerprints, right? And you just send them over to me. And in two hours, I, I go through the nature of your soul, what you came to do. What is your talents? What is your challenge? Uh, if you use, I created a coupon actually, uh, called spiritual geek out. Oh, great. So if you if you use that word spiritual geek out, you'll get $50 off. The hand analysis is normally $299. And I do a lot of preparation before that. So there's uh, there's usually uh work that I, I'm doing to analyze. I'm sending you the diagram ahead of time so you don't think I'm you know researching or trying to do any um any crafty work. I'm I've sent it over so you can see I'm not cold reading you or anything. I'm just only looking at the interpretation of the hand. And then for two hours, it's a recorded session. So use spiritual geek out, go to the power in your hands, the power in your hands.com and, uh, and book a session for two hours. And, uh, it's super, super easy. We do it by zoom. It's, and you can it definitely, there's so much information that is covered that you'll want to listen to the recording again, for sure. Yeah. Very powerful stuff. And again, I'll have that in the show notes. So you guys can, uh, just pick that link up if you need it. Brent, thanks so much. This is great. You asked such good questions too. Oh. So I'm, I'm really impressed uh, um, to be able to explore this with you. And I was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> what a joy. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. If you like what you're hearing here, check out more by subscribing on your favorite platform or go to spiritualgeekout.com. Dot com.